Hey there, triathlete. Welcome to the Triathlete Mindset Podcast, where we explore effective training mindsets, life's challenges, and provide you with real-life strategies to help you become a stronger triathlete. Here is your host, Coach Morgan, the People's Coach. Hey, everybody. Oh, my goodness. We got Julie Benson here, and she is amazing coach, amazing athlete. And she, I got to meet her on a broadcast that Hoka was doing to break that, uh, was that the 100K record? Even when they put the K by it, it still sounds far because regardless, they, you know, meters, miles, kilometers is still a long, long way. And we're going to talk about maintaining healthy relationships. I know the balance, we kind of got into it before we kind of went live. There is no balance, especially what she said, like, you need to pick one. And she'll tell you more about that. And then she'll tell us more about herself right now. How about that? How you doing, young lady? I'm doing wonderful. I really appreciate you having me on today. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, yes. It is always a privilege to speak to coaches because, you know, you get a different view, but also the coaches that were heavy into the athletic side as well as athletes, there's two sides of the coin. And that's what this episode is all about. It's like bringing that value of, I see it from this view. I see it from that view. Okay, now what do we do with it and how do we work it out to better fit for runners, triathletes, and whoever else would listen to this to really get their family lives or personalized and professional lives, not to be overwhelmed. And some people think like, oh my God, I got to find this way. I got to find this way. And you were just telling me there ain't no balance, right? You got to do it one way or another, but you know, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, well, I'm a lifelong runner, ran um, middle school, high school, college, and then for 10 years as a professional athlete. But throughout that time where I was competing as an athlete, I always knew that I wanted to coach, something that I really have a strong passion for. And the more I got invested in my own career as an athlete, the more it kind of solidified to me that, yes, I do want to coach when I'm done competing. And along the way, my philosophy kind of evolved. And some of it was because of my own running. I made a ton of mistakes as an athlete. And so one of my you know, motivations in coaching is trying to help athletes navigate their way through it and maybe not make the same mistakes I made. And so I coached the NCAA from 1998 till just recently. Um, and now I'm just coaching privately. I have a small group of professional track and field athletes that are training for the Olympic trials. Excuse me. And um, it's just something I've always wanted to do. And I really love doing it. Yeah. I've had some coaches I know that have stopped coaching because they say, I didn't get into coaching to help people with their problems. What? But you have to, for, in order for training and racing to actually be a focus, you have to help the athlete with time management, with structure, right? With, with self-belief, with a relationship management almost. Like how do you deal with some? Because as you, you probably know or uh, continue to see as a coach and that probably saw as an athlete, how... Feeling a certain way or having a bad day in a, an emotional relationship or other, other outside connections other than the athletic side can really affect your performance. Yeah. And the athlete, you have to look at them as an entire person, right? They're not right. just going to come to practice and be a robot and be able to shut out life. And of course, sometimes you kind of have to do that and compartmentalize at times. But I think the successful coaches understand that they're dealing with human beings here who are trying to see how fast they can run and push their boundaries physically. But I think if you disregard anything that's going on in their life personally, I think you're doing them a huge disservice. And sometimes we as coaches can kind of help them figure out how do I do all of this? 
Right. Do you think the biggest issue of like some coaches that don't do it because they haven't figured it out for themselves yet? Yeah, that could be it for sure. But, and you know, sometimes on the high school or the college level, or if you have this big, huge team, it's really hard to get to everybody individually. And, you know, it can be quite challenging. And, And sometimes, you know, I can remember driving home, I coached at the Air Force Academy for a while and I had this really long commute every day and driving home. Sometimes I'd be like, Oh shoot, I really wanted to ask her about this exam or, you know, so-and-so looked upset today. I didn't get a chance to walk over and see how he was doing. And, you know, it's always kind of that juggling act for a coach that has a lot of athletes to make sure that everybody's getting the attention they need. What are the key points for you? Like as you went through your athletic career, where did you do it wrong before you learned that you need to do it a different way? Oh, that happened daily. (laughs) No, I think, I think for me, it's kind of interesting because I think one of my biggest kind of weaknesses as an athlete was just self-belief and confidence. Mm. And that snowballed and led to oftentimes overtraining, you know, thinking if I do it better, faster or more, I'm going to be better. And sometimes that's true. You know, sometimes that's definitely true. But the day after an extremely hard track workout where I push myself to the limit, you know, it's very appropriate to come back and run your recovery run the next day really, really easy. And I would go out the door and just sometimes not have the confidence to do that and say, hey, it's okay to take it easy. And I'd be out there and I'd tell myself, okay, I need an easy day. And all of a sudden, I'd start thinking about my competitors and what they were doing and Mm. how fast were they running their easy runs. And maybe I should run faster. And maybe I should pick a hilly route today and really push the hills. And I just couldn't get away from that until I really, really worked on that. So for me, it was just the two things combined, you know, not having enough confidence to really get recovered, which led to overtraining a lot of times. And during that recovery time, you know, we go into this, like this, almost this deep depression that people don't understand. Like, why do I feel this way? Well, your body's tired. It's trying to fix itself and it needs all that energy to do so. Well, sometimes when we don't catch it, and for me, I didn't catch it a long time ago. I'm like, my wife said, why are you always irritable after this, 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 you know, sometimes they'll tell you to go ride your bike, go run to relax. But yeah. when you've had a hard session or something like that, right. have you ever had it like spill over into your personal life where you like you, you, that self-belief was so deep and negative that you're angry at the world? Um, I wouldn't say that it manifested itself as anger necessarily, but definitely, you know, when I was training to make the Olympic team, that was my life. That was it. There was really not much else going on with me at all. And, you know, I would say if I didn't have the exact perfect workout that day, it wouldn't necessarily be anger, but I think more like what you said, just kind of irritable and frustrated and constantly harping on, you know, it could have been something like, let's just say it was nine times 800 meters. You know, I'm never thinking about the fact that I did eight really, really, really well. And maybe 200 meters of the last one wasn't exactly as fast as I wanted. What I tell my athletes is why don't you look at the fact that you did eight and a half of nine brilliantly? Why are you focusing on one 200 that didn't go exactly how you wanted it to go? And that's what you're choosing to hold on to. Not this, like this huge amount of work that you did really well. We're going to choose and focus on this one little part that didn't go well. And I was very guilty of that. And so it wasn't necessarily anger. It was just frustration and not able to just be present. It was like, well, why didn't I just finish a little faster? And why didn't I do this? And why didn't I do that? Instead of like, coming home, being home, being present. So, you know, that's something I wish I would have done a little bit better. Mm. 
you said being present at home, not really kind of dwelling on what has already happened. Like, oh, 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 what I exactly. said, well, control what you can control. If if the reality of it is, it, it happened already. There's nothing exactly. you can do about what you've done. Now he's okay. Go back to the drawing board. How do yeah. I do it better? Or how do I get that other half of the the eight and a half? Right. Right. Exactly. For next week. When you will take that home, how did your family, were they understanding where basically how important was a support group after that? Yeah. When I was training at that level, it was everything, you know, and you're asking the people around you to understand that you're going to be pursuing this one thing that's going to kind of consume you. It's really funny. I think it was maybe from 1988 to 2000. They had this big study and it was surveying all the Olympic athletes at all the Olympics, again, between 1988 and 2000. And when they compiled all those surveys that all these athletes from all different decades and eras answered, the biggest stress in the athlete's life during the Olympic Games were making sure their family was okay. So it's so funny because you're asking your family like, hey, I'm not going to be at weddings, not going to be at vacations, not going to be here, not going to be there. You know, and then all of a sudden you make it to the pinnacle and your family wants to celebrate with you. And you're just like, well, now you're a pain in the butt because you want to come to the Olympics. You know, so it's this crazy thing. And it is a huge ask of your support system to understand why you're doing what you're doing. And it's, it's important to, like, explain that this isn't necessarily normal. Um, but as, as the athlete and the coach or the coach, you have to recognize the benefit to putting things away for the day mentally physically you have to be all in you know you can't really have balance you can't go run this incredible workout and then go shopping and then do yard work you can't do all that but mentally you do need to have balance and you do need to take ownership of saying you know yes support group yes family i need you to understand that i'm going to be doing this but also I needed to do a better job of being present and enjoying the times when I was just sitting around relaxing with my family and not thinking about what do I, what am I going to do tomorrow? What about the race this weekend? All that, you know, you, you have to come up with what I call mental balance, you know, so you've got to, you know, you can sit home and relax and enjoy like game night with your family and be present for that. That's mental balance without going to Disney where you're walking around all day. You might not be able to do those things, but the things that you can do, you have to be all in and let the running go at that time. Yeah. I literally did that last night because I'm always either recording some, working on training plans, talking to somebody, doing something because I'm working basically two jobs. My, you know, my brand and, you know, the Marine Corps and the family is a whole nother responsibility. And it was Valentine's Day. And I'm like, okay, I need to have two conversations. I need to do some training plan because it's, it's just Sunday. And that's the day that I do all tra- my training plans. And so what I do is when I know I want to focus directly on them, I cut everything else off that's a distraction. We went to Dairy Queen. I left my phone upstairs away from They're like, where's your phone at? I don't need it. The people that I need to be with are right here. When we walk back through that door, just understand boom, I'm back to what else I was doing or what else I need to finish. And it took a long time for me to really figure that out. And um, I've had athletes now that they don't have that support system. Have you ever had any athletes that are working through something within their families or within their other careers? You know, not everybody is doing it for a living yet. Um, that is that is kind of pulling them in two different directions. And how do you help them work with that? Yeah, and it's, you know, that's an important part of it. It's the athlete can only do so much. They've got to communicate really clearly, be as present as they possibly can. But if other things are going on in their family, as a coach, 
I think it's really important to have that kind of open dialogue with your athletes and, and know what's going on because they're bringing all of that to their training. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to know what your athlete is going through to help them through that and, and let them know that, Hey, stress is stress. So if you're going through something, you know, emotionally or something going on with your family, no, it's not the same as going out and doing a threshold run or an easy, you know, eight or nine mile run or your long run. It's not the same, but you're still feeling stressed. So we've got to acknowledge that. And we have to make sure that it's not like sucking energy from you and you're not able to sleep or get yeah. recovery. And, you know, I just think it's important for coaches to really know who it is they're working with, what are their motivations and what's going on in their life? What do they bring into the table every day? Yeah. People always ask me, why are you asking me so many questions? No other coach has ever asked me all this. I said, how can I coach you if I don't know you? Like, how can I really assist you with being the best athlete that you can if I know nothing about your world? I don't know that you got to pick the kids up or I got to, you know, that you, you work eight hour shifts or whatever it may be. Like you said, whatever level is bringing stress and stress is just not like, oh, I got to pay bills. It comes in so many shapes and forms, no different than training. That's the training stress is the same type of thing, right? It's that little piece that be maybe hurting your sleep. And then the third or fourth order effects happen. You, your sleep is hurting. Well, you can't recover quickly. Well, when you don't recover quickly, when you go out too hard, now you get injured or you're not really given the top level performance during practice or training. And then on race day, you wonder where it all happened. Where did, where did I go wrong? Well, yeah, exactly. you're looking at, you're looking at the data and then we're looking at your life and you're like, well, yeah. you didn't want to deal with this stuff over here. So, right. you know, and I've even had athletes tell me, Oh, that's, you know, I don't, I didn't want to get that deep, but you, but you asked me what coach, what is holding me back from actually doing A, B, and C as well. You are refusing to do this in your life. You don't want to accept this in your life. And so that spills over and it's okay when the, the positive spills over, but when the negative spills over, we don't want to recognize that. And that's yeah. a very hard thing to tell somebody. Yeah, it is. It's really hard. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's part of our job as coaching is to educate athletes about how these things can happen. Um, you know, because a lot of times athletes, they just want training to be black and white and X's nose and here it is. And now I'm going home and that part's over. But like you said, it all kind of affects each other. And, and it's really important to educate the athletes about how does that all work and then kind of walk them through ways to handle all that. Yeah. So, uh, counselor. <laughs> counselor coach right sees <laughs> in life so you trained collegially you you know olympic level kept on going you were going to the olympics we as you know triathletes or runners like we we get to a certain level that we want to train we want to get to kona or you know ncaa championships or worlds whatever you uh, whatever you call it once that's over Mm -hmm. what shifts in you then like when all that is over and when you say like oh i want to come to the olympics and, and watch you mom or dad or or honey or whatever it is or i want to come to your race then when that's done is there a normal is, or is that let's do it all over again that's a really good question because i feel like as time has gone on i think everybody is recognizing coaches and athletes alike are recognizing that there is a glaring deficiency in helping athletes transition away from being athletes and dealing with that because there is a big sense of loss there, you know, because if that's what you're doing, and I, and I said earlier, you know, that I was all in tunnel vision, this is what I did. And if you're not careful, that can be your whole identity. This is who I am. I'm a runner. 
and you don't have that good support system around you, or you don't really know what's next in your life, that can be just devastating, that transition. Um, I was very fortunate because I knew what I wanted to do and I wanted to coach and I wanted to stay in that arena. So, you know, as a coach, especially an NCAA coach, you know, a lot of your work is yes, coaching the athletes and developing your team, but recruiting. And so for me, uh, the recruiting was a really awesome way for me to kind of have that competitive outlet and just try to get your team and your runners to really get to that next level that kind of fed my competitiveness. So it was a relatively smooth transition for me, but I see a lot of my friends and a lot of athletes. It's a huge struggle. And I think it's so hard because you do have to be completely all in and you are an athlete for so many years. And when that's taken away, if you don't know what's next, that can be a rocky road. And again, um, you know, our federation, USA Track and Field, who I'm associated with, they're doing a better and better and better job of helping that transition. And I see other sports doing the same, but I think it's just recognizing that, that, Hey, this is going to be very different. It actually will be dark at times. You know, when you don't get to stand on that starting line anymore and, and go push yourself to the limit, your body's kind of like, Whoa, what's happening? You know? And yeah. I think it's just being aware that that's coming and knowing that, okay, I'm going to have to deal with this and I'm going to have to find something else to really put, pour my passion into. It sounds like, though I don't like bringing it up, but it COVID thing, right? COVID was a transition, right? That was a Absolutely. that was a huge transition because, like, people, you, I don't know if you, uh, you see some of the movies where some go crazy in this big old office building with a whole bunch of cubicles, and the guy tries to jump out the window because you know maybe he didn't get all his reports right, and somebody tackles him before he jumps out. For me, that's what it feel like. All athletes were doing; they were like, "Oh my God, there's no more racing." life doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I think, you know, it's a huge trickle down effect of this horrible pandemic we're in. And it's been extremely challenging for our incredible, you know, everybody for us in our society and in all realms. But, you know, in the world I'm in watching these athletes, you know, ages 15 to 30, who are so just everything is about their performances and they're missing opportunities. And, you know, especially like high school kids, they're missing opportunities to show college coaches, hey, I can come and run for your program. And when you don't get to put those times on the board, you may get overlooked by college coaches. And it's just devastating. I've seen high school athletes shovel tracks and go out and do time trials and film them and send them to coaches. And yeah, it's just it's just so hard when that's who you are, like a really competitive person. You don't get to display that or you don't get to compete. It's been horrible to watch. And I'm just so thankful this vaccine is out and rolling now. And I, I wish we could all speed it up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a big piece, right? As we talk about maintaining healthy relationships, it's how do we connect when it's hard to connect? Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. even though we talked about family earlier, we talked about, you know, while we're training and transitions, there's so many different aspects of healthy relationships and having a healthy relationship like that, that, like you said, that athlete out there trying to get that recognition to, to get to that school, to get that scholarship, to get the ability to be in the best program that they can to help them, whatever their goals may be. Right. They can't have those relationships with the coaches, those other athletes, because it's so hard. I know I have uh, my coach's daughters, you know, swimming in college, right, in Ohio. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Right? Well, I was watching the other day, figure skating. And I'm like, oh, there's people there that I look real hard. There ain't people. There was a like cardboard boxes. So this yeah. whole stadium, yeah, right, is like cardboard boxes, and you basically are in there 
because nobody else is around, you know, not even really waiting for their turn because everybody has to be, you know, socially distanced and maintaining that distance. It's literally almost like social suicide for us. Like, as we feel like that's what we do, we're killing ourselves more and more. And people are like, I don't, I'm tired of this devastating feeling that's happening on my soul. I want people, right? And, and yeah. that healthy contact. How can we work through that? How can we be more resilient and not only have maintain healthy relationships with others? How do we maintain healthy relationships with ourselves? It's been a challenge for every coach and athlete alike because it's such uncharted territory, right? And and there's no finish line in sight. Athletes like finish lines. They like goals. They're like targets. I'm working towards this. I'm working towards this. And when that's all taken away, it's really, really hard. So I don't know that there's one right answer. And I think all we can do is just, you know, in our world, you know, the Olympics are still on. There are still Olympic trials as of right now. You know, that's still going forward. And you just have to do the best job you can at at motivating your athletes. And this is where it kind of comes full circle, what we were talking about. It's our job to know what are these athletes feeling individually? Because Sally's going to interpret this different than Joe. And Joe's going to interpret different than Mary. And you have to connect with your athletes and make sure they're okay because everyone's going to handle this different. And our job is to kind of do the best job we can at trying to meet those emotional needs of our athletes. This is just, like I said, we've never been here before. And I think every coach is trying so hard to do the right thing. But when there's no finish line inside or there's no plan, you know, a lot of these athletes were just all so type A. And yeah. we like our schedule and we like our control and that's all been ripped away and, and we've never had that before. And so just really trying to check in with your athletes and make sure they're okay, I just think is really, really important and part of our responsibility. It is. I think that's a, um, that's a very, probably 80% of our responsibility. And in the business sense, it, it also helps when you actually care. When people actually yeah. care about others, it does so much more for the environment as you know our relationships. As we close, I would ask, there are a lot of people struggling to maintain relationships with themselves, maintain relationships with their families during COVID, but also during training. What is the one tip that you would give them to help them? Because I even know myself where if I knew what I knew now about spending time with the people that matter, eliminating distractions and maintaining relationships and not bringing that negativity to training, I would do it differently. I'm not gonna lie, I would totally do it differently. I would have to go through that. But if you knew me then, like what tip would you give me to help me maintain a a healthy relationship with the people that love me, but not always out there running with me and training with me and and on the start line with me, sometimes they're at the finish line waiting for me to cross? Yeah, I think it's really a couple of things. Number one, it's knowing yourself and recognizing and acknowledging that I'm all in this. And I'm, you know, I'm not normal. This is not normal to push yourself every day to physical limits and see how fast you can run. And when you're getting to the upper echelon of your sport, it's not normal. And you can't really be balanced. You have to be really super all in to your sport, but really recognizing that emotionally you need to be incredibly balanced. And when it's time to push really, really hard, you need to be there, talk to your coach, dissect that day come up with your race plans. And then when it's time to go home, you're going to have to have that conversation with your family. I may not be able to go on a hike with you. I might not be able to go to Disney and walk around with you, but we can have game night. We can all cook dinner together. We can do, you know, whatever it is, but really just know yourself and know that it's okay and really healthy to put it away emotionally 
and be present with who you're, what you are. And that's going to help you become a better athlete. It's going to allow you to have more healthy relationships with your support system and just really trying to find that emotional balance. You're not going to have the physical balance until your career is over, until you say, hey, I'm going to do this more on a recreational level and I just want to do it for fun. But if you're really pushing to see how hard, how good I can be, how many people I can beat, it's going to be really hard to have a physical balance, if that makes sense. But emotionally, you can and you should. So kind of really just dissecting what does that mean and knowing yourself and committing to doing those things. And yes. it's really hard. I'm making it sound easy, but it's hard, hard work. <laughs> it's always easy to talk about. It's, when you're yeah. going through it, it's, yeah. not as, it's not as easy. But I, I think that she hits it from every angle. And it's very important to see that you have to turn it off. Because before you're an athlete, you're a mother, you're a sister, you're a brother, you're a friend. And those things matter. Because when the sport is gone, the ones that are going to be there for you, you want to make sure that you've taken the time to give them the same amount of passion, caring, and love that you've given the sport. And so I'll tell you to keep doing that. Keep being awesome. Keep being you. Julia, I want to thank you for coming and giving me some words of wisdom. I re- this is really good. This is going to be solid information for somebody. That I can't wait to, I wish I could post it right now. That's how good it is. And you have brought a lot of light to people because I know that as we are all family members and age groupers, uh, we're just trying to figure it out. Just like through COVID, we're just trying to figure it out. And your words of wisdom, I think will help a lot of people. So I appreciate you coming. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Hey, guys, every two weeks, remember to always check out the new podcast and the video podcast on YouTube, MorganLattimore.com, if you need any coaching help. And I appreciate all of you for listening. Remember, you are enough. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Find Coach Morgan on social media and at www.morganlattimore.com. Check back every two weeks for new and insightful episodes. Until next time, remember, you are enough. You just have to believe it.